Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. All right, what's shaking, Red Nation? Welcome to another episode of The Dream Take presented by The Dream Shake. Of all things, Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. Tonight, we're talking yet again another loss. It's 10 in a row for the Rockets, unfortunately. Final score, Portland 104, Houston 92. Got a lot to talk about tonight. It's just me on the mic tonight. Mike and Ray have the night off. So I'm going to be calling some people up uh, at some point during the show on Spotify Green Room here uh, just to kind of get y'all's takes on this. You know, last episode, it was Mike and I, and we didn't really take too many listener feedback. Uh, but I do want to hear some feedback from you guys that are still listening to us here despite 10 straight losses. So I'm appreciative of those that are here listening to us live. But, you know, tonight I think I think the Rockets kind of played the game that they were supposed to play tonight. You know, they were – I think it was a six-point line on Vegas and they lost by 12. You know, it's just it's, – it's unfortunate because the Rockets – They didn't really have too much of a chance tonight, but this game could have been a lot worse than what it was. I think, um, you know, it's easy for us to say, oh, well, yeah, you know, this happened again, this happened again. Uh, Free throws were tough. Uh, The rotations were off weird today, Um, even though I still believe that Silas is running uh, decent rotations. I'm a, you know, a very, a very small minority in that. But, you know, tonight it was just, they didn't have it. They just, they just didn't have uh, it. The shots were not falling. They only shot seven of 32 from beyond the three point line. And look, if they go 11 of 32 from beyond the three point line, instead of seven for 32, they're probably playing overtime right now. So that's, that's something to keep in mind. Uh, and I think that's what tonight's loss is all about. You can't miss threes the way they did. It's, um, you know, and that's that's on the players. You got to execute and you got to be able to make the shots when you're called upon. And, you know, it, was, it wasn't even just one guy. Like the whole team, for whatever reason, uh, seemed to just fall off. Maybe they just didn't have as good of a practice session as they usually do. Or, you know, sometimes, sometimes you know, there are things in basketball that there are just no real explanation for. And they were just cold tonight. And, you know, maybe – Maybe if I were Steven Silas, would I have possibly put in, you know, Armani Brooks in? Maybe I would have, but at the same time, you know, the plan that the Rockets have going, they aren't, they aren't deviating from that yet. And whether or not that's the right or the wrong thing um, is that's, that's to the opinion of, of you. I personally think the Rockets are still on the right track. I think that it's tough to, you know, look at this team and, and that immediately think that they should be, 
you know, contenders or if you're playing. I think that the record that they have is a little bit harsh compared to how they've been playing. I think maybe they could have grabbed a couple wins on this losing streak. But the reality is the Rockets lost tonight. They just didn't play well enough to get the win. They they kept it close for as long as they could. But in reality, they just weren't the better team tonight. They aren't the better team on most nights because they're one of the worst teams in the NBA. There's really not much else to it. But I've got Steven here. He hit his speaker request button. So I'm going to uh, let's get the mic over to Steven and see what he has to say. And I can add my two cents into what he has to say. But uh, Steven, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Hey, this is uh, DJ Steve. I had to make a new green room because I have a new phone. Oh, what's up? What's good? What's up, Steve? Doing, How are you? doing good. Yeah. Doing good. Honestly, this game was was very, very frustrating. And it's weird because, you know, as a team that's going to be rebuilding for the next, like, few years, you get used to, you know, a lot of times when we lose, it looks good. Tonight, it just did not look good. And it stems from just, I don't know how I feel about, I don't know, maybe because I'm, I've been watching our games and it just feels like our offense to this day just seems so stagnant. And I just feel like a lot of the times we're not putting in ourselves, putting ourselves in positions to win. And I, and I, yeah. I, and I really, really don't want to be that type of fan or, uh, you know, just the type of fan that starts looking at the coaching staff, you know, cause I, I what happens usually most of the time, in the league is when a team starts losing, it's, oh, this coach is the reason and so-and-so. But it just feels like I'm confused with what the – I feel like the Rockets don't really have an identity because – And they're learning that identity. Yeah, it goes a long time. We're, we're, like, learning, we're learning how this team is identifying as the game goes on. And 12 games into a season with a lot of new faces and a lot of new players, it's okay that they don't have an identity right now. They're learning that identity as the games go along. And it's definitely different than what we were expecting. And, and I think a lot of the reason why fans are disappointed and why they're pointing the finger at Silas is because on paper, this team is better than a 1-11 team. And, and I, I mean, I think every yeah. team in the NBA on paper, maybe with the exception of Oklahoma City, should be better than one and 11. If you, if you really think about it, because there's just too much talent to go around in the NBA. So. Absolutely. The, and That's the problem. The problem. Is, uh, Steve-O is, is you look at the execution tonight. To me, you, you can, you can blame Silas all you want and all that. And yes, someone does have to take responsibility. And then at the end of the day, but the, the threes that they missed, they missed 25 threes tonight. And it wasn't even that like they were, like grazing the rim like they were missing the rim completely i i want to say they had like eight or so threes that didn't even hit the iron and to me and look i said it i said it just a little bit ago they yeah. lost by 12 tonight you instead of going seven for 32 if you go 11 for 32 we're in overtime it's really not that far yeah, off and, I, and, it's and really i'm not going that on that if you think about it it's not it it's not, and, I, and it's not even the fact that people are missing shots. I think my biggest thing so far with the Rockets is just how we set our offense. Because I think defensively, as a young team, you're always going to have styles where, like, there's going to be moments where, like, you just you just go brain dead, like, especially on the young team. And I, and I get that. And at times you look good. But, like, for instance, there was one moment that I caught my eye completely tonight 
was when Shingun he was dunked on by Nasir Little. The next two plays, he had a three, had a bad, he and, he, and he went on a little run right after that. And I was like, okay, this is exactly what I wanted to see from Shingun. But there's times when our, I just feel like our offense just was a little bit too basic, and it's predicated on how talented we are. Like, KPJ is a talented scorer. Jalen Green, we know he has a talent to be a great scorer. And I just feel like at times, we're not really using guys in the right position or the right moments. It just feels as if, like, we... Like, for instance, half the, half the time that I, what I've noticed with the Rockets is we run a high pick and roll, guys curling off, and when that doesn't work, it becomes an ISO situation to where we get, run a pick and roll immediately. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like we're good. We're a good team. We have good talent. But it just feels like what, what's, what's next after that? And I think the biggest problem for me, too, is just that I, I, for me, I already going into the season, I understood we're going to lose games. But there's moments where I, I feel like one thing I, I just will not understand is us drafting four first-round picks. Now, I'm not going to say Garuba is ready to start playing games. I'm not going to say Josh Christopher is already ready to start playing crazy minutes. I just feel like with our young, like we have around eight players. It's hard to develop yeah, four. It, absolutely, develop four absolutely, absolutely. Is. And that's why I was kind of shocked seeing nobody in the G League. We have around, I believe it was a stat, we have eight players who have played less than three years in NBA. But we're rolling yeah, out so many veteran lineups, right? And I just want to see, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm assuming because, you know, this is just the beginning of the year. When the season goes on, when people are trying to make that playoff push, we start playing our younger guys and to go ahead and tank. But yeah, I, and that will happen. That will happen. You know, I think I think Eric Gordon's playing his way enough to where the Rockets can definitely get at least a first round pick for him. I think uh, DJ Augustine could also be someone they look to and maybe get a trade for. David Nwaba should also be on the block. Um, and the thing is, like, the, what the Rockets are lacking, they have a lot of guys that can mentor guys off the court i think dj augustine is a perfect guy uh nba veteran seen it all uh, a good guy to, to have off the court um and the same goes for you know eric gordon the same goes for you know john lucas and the whole coaching staff but what they lack is that guy that's on the court they, they need a guy that's like on the court like you know who ironically enough be yeah. like perfect for this team right now i wouldn't i wouldn't exactly john see john wall or- but i well, John. Well, I will say I will say more so like as a guy, like like Chris Paul. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris. Paul. I was gonna say like if Chris Paul's on this team, I think a lot of these uh, problems the Rockets are having are are kind of going away. I, like, and, and look, John Wall, I don't think would solve all of these problems because John Wall isn't really like like John Wall's a scorer, and I, I don't think that's what the Rockets yeah. need right now. The Rockets need more of a guy that can that can slow the pace down on offense. They, they played still at the fastest pace, if not one of the fastest paces in the whole league. And I do think that is part of why the turnovers go. And I don't necessarily think they should play slower, but I do think that they should. Um, I, I do think they need to change something. And I think their plan is to let Kevin Porter, like make mistakes as he goes and learn from the mistakes and then hope that somewhere down the line, it's where it goes, but at this point, like, I mean, I know I, I'm still kind of like stick to the plan with this, with this Rockets team, but I do think that um, Kevin Porter is a point guard. I don't think that when this team is, is good again, that Kevin Porter will be that point guard. And it's unfortunate to say, because I do think that he can be that guy, but he even said it in like a press conference 
um, like in between this game and the last game where he's kind of put the label of point guard and he's thought too much about the label of point guard and he's not playing his more free style that he's allowed to play. And, and I think with the Rockets, they have Christian Wood who is, you know, trying to be that guy, like the leader for the Rockets in terms of stats and to be that leader in the front court. But I think the Rockets, what they need is a guy that can be the leader that can kind of, you know, get everyone their, their moment, like give Christian Wood their moment, give Kevin Porter the moment. And Kevin Porter is not the kind of guy to where he can really do that for everyone yet. And that's okay because the Rockets shouldn't be contenders anyway right now. But I do think that Kevin Porter is more of a, of a two guard that needs to develop those playmaking abilities and skills. And he's doing that now. Um, and I do think that it will be beneficial down the line. I don't think he's going to be like, you know, like Dennis Schroeder. Like I, I hear some people saying, like, I think he's definitely going to be better than that. But like, it, it's easy for Rockets fans to feel like this isn't working because there's, there's no progress right now. They, they haven't shown progress. But at the same time, we are 12 games in to an 82-game season. we got 70 games to go. And I guarantee you there will be progress made within those 70 games. Yeah, I I, I know there will be progress. And I I just feel like right now it's more so what's going on with the fan base is that a lot of people are disappointed with with basically the outcomes. Because there's been so many close games where they've had opportunities. And it's just like, these guys are young, so I, I completely understand. The outcry would not be as loud if they won in Denver or if they won that second game in L.A. or had they yeah. beaten Detroit. Like that, like if they beat Detroit, I, I think one two of the and ten. Like problems, it's not much, any, it's yeah. not much better. It, and what's, what kind of irks me, too, about the entire situation is that, one, I think a lot of NBA fans don't really, don't really know how – how important it is for young players to be in a situation where they can easily grow in. And the Rockets right now are in a situation where, yeah, they drafted Jalen Green, but they have so many other pieces they have to go ahead and look at alongside the three other draft picks that they also drafted. So when people bring in the fact like, oh, Jalen Green is shooting inefficient, it's like you're not seeing what goes on in these games where – yeah, he may not be able to get the best of looks compared to somebody who's in a situation where they completely know their role. And I was telling my friends, I, I tell all these my, my Rockets fans, it's this team doesn't have an identity right now, and people are still trying to figure out their role. Like, it's going to take a long time before then. And I just feel like right now, it's, it's, it's it really, really sucks. It sucks to see, especially when you have a team with this much talent that you know has talent, it's kind of it's kind of tough trying to see it all get put together, but it's taking time. So, and they're figuring it out. And and the thing is, like these veteran lineups. To be honest, like if we were playing all young guys, the the outcome would be like they might the win loss record might be the same, but they'd be losing these games by a lot more. They wouldn't be as competitive in these games because those veteran guys who have established roles throughout their years in the NBA, like Eric Gordon, like Daniel House, uh, like the, like DJ Augustine. You know, those guys know what their roles are, mm. and they're playing those roles. Like, Eric Gordon is a scorer off the bench, like he has been 
his full career yeah. in Houston, and he's playing that role right now. And the same goes for Daniel House. You know, a slasher, uh, you know, can give you a three if, if need be. Um, and he hasn't been playing the best basketball he has since, uh, you know, he's been in Houston. But I do think that he has value as a player. And I think that's, to me, that's more of a value behind playing these guys. And, you know, the, the thing the the arguments that they shouldn't be playing or that they should play they're getting old and it's only 12 games in the season they're going to be here probably until at least february i can't imagine uh daniel house playing a whole lot of minutes for this team like come march but the one thing i do hope is um when they do trade eric gordon they're gonna have to take back some salary i hope that the salary they go out and get is is for a guy that's like a point guard and they go and they get a guy that can just help limit the turnovers because Eric Gordon's not that kind of guy because Eric Gordon's just flat out scorer and he, and he doesn't really care who gets in the way. And sometimes, sometimes he coughs the ball up because he's yeah. trying to go and score and he's trying to you know create, and he's probably the best creator on this team right now. So I think that the Rockets need a guy that is more of a pass first guy um, yeah. in the offense. That's kind of what Gigi Augustine is now, but Gigi Augustine doesn't play enough minutes to really establish himself as that kind of guy. They need to go out, get a guy, a veteran, who can help slow things down for the Rockets and then help guys like KPJ, like uh, Jalen and Shangoon and Wood and allow them to be themselves. But, uh, Steve, I'm going to send you back down. I'm going to bring Joseph up because he's got his hand raised for a while. I bet it's tired. But uh, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate sure. it. Yeah, all right. Let's, let's see what Joseph has to say here. Uh, Joseph, welcome back to the show, my friend. How are you? I'm doing all right, man. How are you? Uh, I'm absolutely terrible, man. You've just lost 10 in a row. <laughs> but I'm doing all right outside of that. Yeah. But um, no, come, let's, let me hear what you got. I'm, I'm always uh, curious to hear what you got to say. I think I've, I'm like reaching acceptance with just where the team is at and what our expectations That's and stuff should thing. be. You know, that's a good thing. That's a very good thing. I think, I think a lot of people have not reached that yet. Um, and I'm glad that you're um, getting this point because at this point, like, I just, if you're someone that gets like, and I hate to kind of, well, I'm not trying to throw Mike under the bus here, but Mike's the kind of guy that he likes to see results now. And he likes to see wins and losses and, and more wins and losses, but it's just not what the season's about, man. Like, it's just not like, go listen to our last podcast from Wednesday. Like you, you'll hear, just kind of the two sides of Rockets fandom right now, where I think majority of them are kind of like Mike, where they're extremely frustrated about the direction of the team and, and where things are, but you know, that's not what reality is. And I've, and I've entered reality. I'm, I'm a realist person. I'm, you know, I think maybe part of that too is the fact that I am a journalist and someone that looks at the team objectively before I look at them subjectively. And I've covered this team now for the dream shake for six years so I think it's easier for me to get to that than it is for a normal fan because I've lived my life as a fan and I've lived my life as a, as a, someone that is like a journalist, a reporter even. Um, and it's a very different experience. So maybe that's why I'm a little bit more calm about the whole situation, but um, yeah, go back to what you were saying. I'm, I'm not trying to hog the mic here. No, no. Yeah. I, I thought the last pod was really well, great. Thank you. Like, I thought it was fantastic discussion i think it highlights like what's great about this podcast like the different perspectives like well things are great and um to your point i mean i think what it really comes down to among 
Rockets fans is it's one of those things where it's like uh, you don't know what you got till it's gone. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. under Maury, we had, you know, so many years of not just I said, playoffs, uh, yeah. but just competence. F- 15 years. Know? It was 2006 yeah. was losing year and then 2021 was losing year. So that's that's the yeah. difference. Yeah. And then last year, you know, we entered with, you know, hopes of being competitive. You know, we made moves in the offseason to be yeah. competitive. And, you know, the season ended up being as, you know, tumultuous as it was. And this is the the first year now that we're we're truly like like all we're 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 totally in the rebuild. You know what I mean? Like we're going into it knowing that it's a rebuild and I just think our, mm-hmm. our a lot of fan expectations haven't quite, you know, shifted to to match. Because them. we've because because over the off season and there's no no fault to this, but we gassed up Jalen Green. We gassed up Kevin Porter. Yeah. We gassed up uh Christian Wood. And and look, the offseason is meant for that. The offseason, like, you know, you don't you don't see these losses. So when you don't lose for a certain amount of time, you know, you, you feel pretty good about your team. And there's a lot of optimism, and that optimism is slowly fading after each loss. Uh, in terms of just this team in general, I'm still very optimistic though about the future of this team. I think that um, you know, I would be much more concerned if the Rockets were losing these games, you know, every night by 20, and if they weren't at least being competitive. And the thing is, like in every game, like they've lost, they could have played a lot better yet they are still able to compete against these teams. They're still able to compete against Denver. They're still able to compete against the Lakers. The Warriors, they held into them for, you know, a good chunk of that game. Uh, And same thing with tonight. Like, Portland's a good team. I know the record is not as uh, indicative of what, you know, their record is, but that's a good basketball team over there. They've made the playoffs several years in a row, and Damian Lillard is is insanely good, um, as he's always been throughout his career. Um, so like tonight's game, honestly, uh, went about as much as I thought it was going to go. Like it not, not much tonight really surprised me. Maybe what surprised me the most is how many threes the Rockets missed and how they missed them. I, I expected that to be a little bit yeah. more, but other than that, like, I mean, the turnovers tonight, the turnovers, let me, let me look at that. They had, um, the port. Yeah. Only 13 so that, turnovers. To me. 13 it's turnovers. the second game in a row with, with less than 15. Like, I think we had only 13 versus... Detroit so that average is going down. So that, to me... Yeah. That, to me, so shows a sign of progress. And Yeah, also, I, I thought this was, like, a good game for KPJ. Like, 5-1 to one assist to turnover ratio might be his best of the season so far. 18 points for him, 5 yeah. rebounds, 5 assists. Um, you would have liked free throws, to have still an issue. the free throws but, to be a little bit yeah. better. 3 of 7 from the charity stripe, but it's, you know... I think, like like we said, uh, like I've said before, you take one small thing about each game and you take that and you, you move it to the next game. And I do think that we're going to see progress eventually. Yeah. You know, that eventually might not be for a little bit, but the Rockets are not going to go 1-81. in Like, they will win a game at some point. Um, in fact, I mean, looking at the schedule coming up, like, Mike and I at the beginning of the season, like, remember he, he said that, his optimism was a lot more than <laughs> We're mine. Be around but 500, but right? like the yeah. the schedule they've had so far, 
I mean, even though they've played two under 500 teams over the last three nights, you know, they've played some really tough teams. They've played, they've played on the road against arguably, so, I mean, if you look at the West right now, um, the Western Conference, they've played Golden State, they're number one. They've played Phoenix, number two, on the road. They play them again uh, Sunday night. They've played Utah. They've played Denver. They've played Dallas. So they've played the top five teams all within this losing streak they've had. They've played the Lakers twice, and the Lakers are number seven. So seven of the ten losses in this losing streak come against uh, six of the top seven teams in the West. Yeah, unfortunately, it's not going to get any easier, though. Like, we got Suns, Grizzlies, Thunder, Knicks, Celtics, Bulls, Hornets, and then Thunder. So, so I mean, hopefully they can win those Thunder games. Yeah. Uh, but the Thunder have been playing yeah, pretty been playing uh, more more competently, for the sure. The Thunder play a lot better. Yeah, they've definitely, you know, they've maybe figured yeah. it out a little bit more than the Rockets have. But I, I do think that this will eventually, you know, some team's going to have a bad night or some team's not going to play you know, their best players and they'll come in and, you know, this, the Memphis, OKC, New York, Boston is a one road trip. So that, that could be a little bit difficult. Um, so, but I do think this team will eventually get there. And, and like I've said, you know, many times in the past as well, the wins and losses are not what matters this season anyway. Um, so, you know, eventually like it does, it does get better. So yeah. um, you have, like That's when true. they when they, yeah, I, I go will ahead. say though, like it 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 does get better, but I think I, I think the biggest like most crucial mistake um, from Stone, both like through the off season and the draft, is the lack of true facilitators. Like we didn't sign anyone free agency, and then draft wise, we didn't pick up anyone either and it 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 really it really hurts like even the thunder you know they've got mm-hmm. giddy who who can facilitate have, yeah you know what i mean they like they've giddy got guys who can facilitate sga can facilitate and i think yeah. what they were doing is maybe and this was probably just a lack of poor judgment on on stone's part went all in on KBJ they went on a, yeah. yeah you think yeah and yeah. and i think that they wanted or maybe what happened was they because look, I mean, if they weren't all in on KPJ, they would have played John Wall. And and Definitely. this is their plan. Yeah. This is their plan. Their plan is to let KPJ go out there and get better on his own. Don't put the pressure of wins and losses on on him, and let him learn just by playing. Like essentially another G League bubble this season. Yeah, it, it is kind of shocking to see how much uh, faith that they have in him like like to this point in the season like offensively speaking he definitely has been like the number one priority over wood over even Jalen green which i didn't definitely didn't see that because i think i think the rockets look at him as the number one player that they have to develop because they know they have him they know that they have some res, like some semblance of nba success with him and they know that they have him long term like they don't know if they have Christian Wood long term, and they they don't know what Jalen Green can really be yet. Um, so I think that's maybe why they're putting all this stock into Kevin Porter, and maybe that's why the team is where it is right now is because they've put you know, and Kevin Porter has not lived up to those expectations, um, at least that we've had on him. Now the Rockets have maybe a different story, 
And if the Rockets decide at the end of the season, because they're, they're going to have a big decision at the end of the season uh, as to what they do with this top pick. Because yeah. if, if they do get a top pick, all of the players that are going to be tops in the draft are in the front court. Like Banchero, yeah, Holmgren. Yeah, so draft. this is not it. So what they need to do is they need to decide if they're going to either make Wood their guy or if they're going to maneuver Wood maybe or they, they're going to either need to move on from that pick to turn it into some kind of facilitator or they're going to have to turn Wood into some kind of facilitator. I think that is the, that is the big question of the offseason that is awaiting as for what we've seen over the past 14 or so games or what is it, 12 games so far. That's the big question is, yeah. is what are they going to do? It could be, but I also do think that like, even outside of that, like I think a simple move that would have like really changed the way that like the roster has played and looked is like just picking up a Ricky Rubio, you know, like Ricky Rubio I've mentioned uh, before, but like really has changed so much for the Cavaliers offense in terms of just making things so much more organized and, and Ricky Rubio, like, if I'm not mistaken, is a free agent at the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, that's, I would, I would definitely go give him a bag for sure, because that's a guy who is a pass first. It's either this year pass or next first year. point guard, you know, and that's, that's exactly, I think he would be a very good fit. What we need. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I definitely think he'd be think a very so. good fit for this roster. Yeah. So he signed a, he signed a three year $51 million contract in 2019 with the Suns. And that would mean that this year is the third and final year of his contract. He's played for three different teams on that deal, but um, you know, yeah. with the Cavs and what they're doing, Ricky Rubio might not make sense beyond this season, but I think getting a guy like that, or they can get some kind of light version of the deadline um, where they go out and they get, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's, I don't want to talk too much about trades right now just because it's not going to be relevant until, you know, February. And we still have so For much, sure. yeah. so much will happen between now and then. And I do think that playing Kevin Porter, like I do think Kevin Porter is slowly improving. It might not be as, as quickly as Rockets fans would like, but I do think that every game he is starting to, you know, play a little bit better. I think he was pissed off about how he played last uh, yeah. last game against the Pistons I think the tweet kind of uh, showed him out and he kind of tweeted about it um, and but I think tonight he played better yeah. old scooter I think tonight activated. old scooter was activated at least a little bit of it and hopefully we see more of old scooter activated um, for the rest of the year but um, Joseph I'm going to send you off I'm going to quickly yeah. end the show because it's getting late over here I need to eat so uh, I'm going to I'm going to send you off and uh, wrap the show up but thank you so much again for your insight and for supporting the show I appreciate it man. All right, and I guess to close the show, you know, another tough loss tonight. Uh, losses are not easy to stomach, uh, whether you're anybody. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, there's always the next game, and that's what the Rockets got to do. The Rockets got to play 82 one-game seasons this year. And this season was unsuccessful. You make your adjustments for the next one, 
and you play that season again. This season's against the Suns on Sunday. Um, so not an easy matchup. The Rockets played in Phoenix earlier in the year. They, I thought they played pretty competitively against them. It was a 12-point loss uh, on the, what was it, the 4th of November? Um, but yeah, what I'm hoping to see from the Rockets uh, on, on Sunday is to continue to limit the turnovers. I think that's what we saw the other day or, or today, and I think that helped a lot. Um, I would like to see more of Jalen Green getting involved. I think that is you know something that we want to see more of in every game. But I do think that Kevin Porter, because he's so young right now, he is learning how to get himself in place in the offense before he can get anybody else in place in the offense. And I think that to me is, is kind of what's holding this team back a little bit right now is because Kevin Porter plays such a significant role in the offense. He is, and he plays the point guard facilitator role. He is holding back what other people are, um, what other people are able to bring to the table. And that's why this team is where it is. And look, worst case scenario if Kevin Porter does not show enough progress this season, then he'll probably slide to the two. They'll go and get an, a guy that can be that point guard and they'll roll from there. I, I think that where the Rockets are right now, it's still in a good spot because they have a lot of time, a lot of players they can develop, a lot of picks that they can go out and develop. And um, they're going to get more with guys like Eric Gordon playing well. And, you know, I do believe some someone team will trade for Daniel House. Uh, whether or not they trade for Augustine and Nawaba is a different question. But I do think that the Rockets are building value in their veterans to trade them later in the year and then hopefully get some of this young blood going in. And I'm looking forward to the next game against the Suns. And Mike will be on the podcast on Sunday, so I'm looking forward to that as well. Uh, but I think this is a good time to park the rocket ship. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of the dream shake. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at the dream take and at dream shake SBN. You can also head to our Facebook page. Give us a thumbs up on there. Thank you to everyone who listened to us live here on Spotify green room. You can also head to our website, www.thedreamshake.com from of all things, Houston rockets on espionation.com. And we'll be back on Sunday with another episode of the dream take. If you are kind enough and like to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at Jeremy Brenner. That's J-E-R-E-M-Y, B-R-E-N-E-R. Thank you so much for tuning in this episode of The Dream Take. And until next time, go Rockets. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.